Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Unwavering Goddess podcast. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for everyone who has listened so far and gave me feedback. I appreciate it so much. And it was very vulnerable for me to put that out there. So the fact that it's being received well really means a lot to me. And I recorded it over 30 times. I knew it wasn't going to be perfect, but I just decided at the end of the day, I have to post it because otherwise I'm never going to take that leap. So in my last podcast, I talked a little bit about vulnerability, and I'd like to talk about that further in the future. But for now, I'd like to explore this idea of what we call toxic people and environments. I know it's kind of a chicken egg thing because you need to be vulnerable in order to make good, healthy connections. But at the same time, when you're around people and in environments where you don't feel safe to be vulnerable, it can be really hard to work on. However, I do want to drop this label on people who are considered to be toxic because I just don't feel like it gives room for them to improve. And I've been that person. I've been the villain in other people's stories, and I've had to work on myself. I believe everyone has the capacity to better themselves. It's just whether or not they choose to do that. So instead, I want to call them people who are not actively trying to heal or people who are exhibiting toxic behaviors and coping mechanisms. And just because I'm trying to be empathetic toward these people, because I know at the end of the day that they struggle and are unhappy with themselves, that doesn't mean I don't have the right to distance myself from them and to set boundaries, which I think is what I thought when I was originally getting into some of these friendships and relationships. When you're healing, there's people who will try to drain your spirit. They see what they want in you and they either try to bring you down into their low vibration or they make you feel guilty for your high high vibe. (laughs) For some reason, I just can't say that. Um, So they either try to bring you down to their low vibration or they make you feel guilty for having a high vibration or being happy. I've learned some red flags about people since being on the other side of it because I think it can be really difficult to see it when you're actually in the middle of an unhealthy situation. These are things that I really try to pay attention to when I'm choosing who and what to give my energy to. And also I try to look for it in myself because I wanna be able to show up the best that I can for the people in my life as well. So the first red flag is if you feel like you can't tell someone how you really feel about something because they're going to get upset with you or you're afraid to tell them because it could go either way depending on the day, that's not really a healthy and mature relationship. And this goes along with setting boundaries as well. If you're trying to set boundaries with someone and they make you feel bad for it, then they're not respecting you and your feelings, which that one can also be really hard, especially when it comes to dealing with your family, because there can be this expectation of unconditional love. But unconditional love does not mean disrespecting yourself to please others. When you live in this constant state of fear of how you're going to be perceived or how someone is going to react, that doesn't allow you to move into that vulnerability or to be authentic. Now, the second red flag is, do you ever have people who every time you're happy or achieve something, they start talking about how unhappy their life is or nitpicking the work that you're actually really proud of? Yeah, they're not happy for you and they don't want you to succeed. Or maybe they do, but in the moment they're projecting their own insecurities, and their own feelings of unworthiness onto you. I completely understand being there for your friends when they're down, but if you have to 
if you feel like you can't openly express your joy and like you have to minimize your accomplishments so they don't feel bad, they're not your real friends. You should never have to shrink yourself to make other people feel better about their lives. Real friends will express their support for you even when they're not in the best place because they genuinely care for you and want to see you shine and light up and be passionate. It's not your responsibility to make them happy with their lives and to do the work for them. You should be able to feel proud of yourself for whatever you're able to accomplish. And if someone's making you feel like you can't be, they're not for you. Red flag number three is this addiction to sadness. And I'm not talking about depression. I know plenty of people who deal with mental health struggles. I deal with mental health struggles. And that is completely separate from what I'm talking about. This is more about the people who are unwilling to take action to create positive change in their lives. There's this way that I feel like being fucked up and heartbroken and misunderstood is romanticized in art and other media, and I think that that can be really harmful because it reinforces those negative emotions. Like, for example, I love sad music, especially when I feel like I can relate to it, but there's times that I have to stop myself from listening because it's too much and it stirs up these emotions in me and I think that can be really powerful in like connecting other people, but it can also be really triggering. I think sorrow and longing are addictive. Being sad or angry all the time is safe for a lot of people because it allows them to stay where they are. We love our comfort zones, and if we're already disappointed, there's no risk of being hurt again, and there's no risk of our expectations not being met. This has been me. There have been plenty of times where I have said, why does my life suck? Why is this happening to me? These cycles are extremely difficult to break out of, but when you're healing, it can be really hard to continue on that positive path when people around you are enabling and exhibiting the same behavior. Sorry, when they are exhibiting those negative behaviors. I had a friend who was always talking about how much she was struggling, how hard her mental health was, um, or how bad her mental health was, how much life sucked, and quickly that became my narrative as well. And slowly you start to only be able to relate to each other based on your collective unhappiness. And it feeds into each other, and then your soul is just kind of eating away at itself. I'm sure I could have a lot more things to look out for, but for now, this is what I've come up with. The last and final red flag is how do you feel in your body when you're around these people or in these environments? Gut feelings are your intuition trying to tell you something. I shit you not, literally. Uh, there have been people in my life that have wreaked havoc on my digestive system. I was so stressed around certain people that for years until I ended the relationship, I constantly had stomach problems. But it makes sense, right? Because your body is all connected. And if I'm constantly tense around someone and always in fight or flight, then it's going to affect all of my body processes, as funny as that example is. But besides the state of my bowels, the rest of your body will also give you clues as well. I stopped giving time and energy to people who gave me this pit of anxiety in my stomach, who made me feel tense and insecure about the relationship, and who made me feel drained after spending time with them. 
I had thought I was an introvert for a long time, and a large part of me still believes that, but it was crazy to see when I started being more conscious of the people who I chose to spend time with that not every single social interaction drained me. And the people that lifted me up and I connected with made me feel more energized after seeing them. So all of this in consideration, it's important to validate the fact that walking away from people we love or even environments that we're used to, like our soul-sucking job, is really fucking scary. You have every right to be terrified of that. I know I was, and it's not an easy decision for anyone to make. But what I can tell you from my experience is that I feel like my life has taken like a complete 180 from where I was a couple months ago. Once I started being more discerning about what I fed into. It has freed me to be more authentic, to find love within myself, and to believe in who I am no matter what leaves or stays in my life, which I think is so important. I've learned that I deserve people who reciprocate the same level of support and who give their kindness openly without expecting something in return. I have also learned that not everyone is meant to stay in your life forever, and that can be the cold hard truth. And this isn't about being better than anyone It's just that you've come to a part of your journey that no longer includes them, and they're on their own journey that occurs in the time that is meant for them. Maybe by losing you, this can open their eyes to what healing they need to do, but there is no guarantee for that. All we can really do is try our best to protect our peace and choose people and environments that we feel best help us to grow and where we feel like we thrive. I had this great conversation with my therapist about it where I was telling her like it felt like I was asleep while I was in these relationships and environments that were so unhealthy for me. And she was like, that's exactly it. You were on this autopilot mode because you were just trying to do damage control and you weren't able to actually live your life because you were anticipating other people's needs and taking care of them before yourself. And as I was journaling about this, I came across this line that I had wrote and I still think of it to this day. And it's about having a strong sense of self so you can advocate for yourself and Be secure in knowing that you're going to be okay, no matter if relationships work out or not. The line is, when I didn't know who I was, I didn't know it wasn't my job to take care of you. Like, damn, I am going to hype myself up for that one because I am so proud of myself for coming up with that. And I'm sure it's not my own. I'm sure that someone else has said it before I did. But it was this really powerful realization for me that... By healing and finding myself, I realized, oh, wow, like I don't deserve to be treated this way. And it's not my job to make other people feel good. It's my job to make myself feel good so that I can show up better for those people. And at the same time, like I don't have to show up for those other people. Like they have to also do the work themselves. But in my own life, what I want to do is be a better person and work on myself so that 
I don't fall into the same patterns as these people who have hurt me and how I've hurt others in the past. Because the same could be said about the relationships that I have with other people from their perspective. It's not their job to take care of me. It's not their job to anticipate my needs. It is my job to be mature and express and communicate my feelings in a way that's effective and in a way that isn't harmful to them. And this is something I'm still working on, on my communication and my relationships with others. But I think it's important to be conscious of these things. If we expect to build healthy connections, we need to be conscious of our decisions and how we are communicating with the people that we love. Kind of went on a tangent there, but thank you so much for listening. I hope this resonated with you. And I hope that this inspires you to pay attention to who and what you're giving your energy to because your energy is so precious and not everyone deserves it. It's not for everyone. It's for the people that want to see your joy and who want to see you succeed. Thanks.